This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. Um, You know, we all become addicted to certain shows and certain reality shows. And, well, I, I have to admit to one of my guilty pleasures. Mine, too. Below deck, below deck Mediterranean, below deck whatever. And we are so excited today to have Nadine Rajabi, executive producer, the woman with all the secrets of below deck Mediterranean. Hey, Nadine. How are you? Thank you for having me. We, so, okay. I, I, you worked on, you've worked on all the below decks. I, except for sailing. So I cannot take credit for sailing, which is an amazing franchise. Yes. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. Like it, the boat always provides. Exactly. <laughs> that. Wouldn't it be funny if you were someone who was prone to seasickness? And this <laughs> <You> is- <know? laughs> I would just have to quit my job. I'd have to quit yeah. my job. <laughs> exactly. What season is the whole franchise in and what season is Mediterranean in? Currently, we are airing season six of Mediterranean um, season. Like, gosh, they've shot. There's a million franchises. The original, um, the, the original. The, the, orig- the original is season nine, I believe, um, just shot. Uh, so I believe season um, season nine just shot, I believe, of original. And then season, uh, which has not aired, um, and that will be airing, I believe, after Med. And then uh, season two just aired of Sailing Yacht. So and wow. you're about to launch another. Uh, so below, below Deck Down Under, which uh, is in Australia. And that will be for Peacock. So which is uh, just got back from Australia. And that was a really, really fun ride. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So <laughs> I'm just going to ask the questions that everybody always asks me about yeah. my reality show experiences. First of all, how do you cast the show? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that it's, it's all, they're all real yachties. And that is the biggest thing. Cause it's so funny because a lot of people will come and go, I have service experience. I have this, I have that. It's like, you have to be able to operate a yacht to get on the series. It's like all of these kids, it's a functioning yacht. They, they all are yachties and that's how it all works. And so a lot of these yachties go through a a whole uh, process, a, a casting process of, of, of they, they want to be on this uh, series. Some of the people actually have even come with a boat, like on Sailing Yacht, a lot of those people actually even came with the boat. You know, Captain Lee originally came with the boat. He was not even supposed to be on the series. I don't even know if you know the story. No, I don't know the story. I yes, just know the last, the last episode I just watched, actually on an airplane, Captain Lee had some broken ribs. Yeah, yes, poor Lee. He actually came with uh, Lee's uh, an amazing uh, person. You guys should actually talk to him. Um, I was actually texting with him this morning. He actually, a big fan of yours and wants to do the show. But oh, for sure. He, uh, I would love yes. to have 
Captain yes. Lee, who's now quite who's who, who's got a whole following of of women. Yes, he's the stud of the sea. <laughs> yes, the stud of the sea. He's the new Captain Steubing. <laughs> so tell me the Lee story. So he actually came with the boat, um, and I don't want to butcher his story, so he should actually tell you himself, but he came with the boat when, you know, we chartered the yacht for the for the series, and because that was part of the deal with the owner, and he was just supposed to be there as an, a, a, a kind of like a representative of the owner and just making sure everything was okay, and he ended up just being, like, because he's actually the, you know, captain of the boat, he ended up, you know, we were kind of like this kind of he was just kind of there and we're like, well, he's actually the captain of, cause it was more supposed to be, it was figuring out the series and more supposed to be, you know, about the crew and things like that. And he ended up being like the star of this, this, the, the series, like he came with the boat. He was never supposed to be this, you know, the, the, this, you know, stud of the sea, this captain, it was like, it was all accidental. Like that was the whole thing. And that's, that's, I always think the best things in life, like are like organic and accidents and, and are meant to be that way. Did you have to convince him to be on camera? I mean, it, he, it's oh. so funny because they never did even did a deal with him. They did an appearance release with him. Like that was the best part. They didn't even do a real deal with him until season three. Wow. The- so he, I mean, there was, <laughs> obviously there was clearly something about him and his personality yeah. that they were like, this guy has to be on camera. Yeah. What he's a like smart the, decision. He's, he's like yeah. the tough love dad. Yeah, he is. He's he's the, and he's the moral compass of like the show. It's like he tells you that's a, that's the thing. It's like he's the guy you never want to disappoint. It's like because it's it he's this over encompassing. It's like it's like Oz in the sense. It's like oh god, you just don't want to disappoint him. You know, it's right. like he's the guy where I remember our family dog died. He wrote the most heartfelt message in the whole world it's like every captain's like that like sandy's so close to my family when my grandmother passed away she was at her funeral it's like these are like they become part of our lives it's like they're just the moral compass of of everything it's like they just see everything they deal with everything it's like they're you know they're uh, amazing human beings so- it seems to me a lot of the cast members you you guys seem like a family you know yes. whether you have your ups your downs your bickerings your whatever you know you do seem like a family yeah, we really, really are. I mean, the way we found Sandy is a crazy story, too. I mean, because season one of Mediterranean uh, was a different captain. Yes. And uh, the way this is a crazy story with Sandy and, and she'd tell you, uh, I because I have a background in stand up and a, a stand up friend of mine came and was having lunch and we were in post in season one. And we were, you know, still trying to figure out med. It was like the little engine that could. Nobody was watching Below Deck. I was watch- working on Below Deck and Below Deck Med, trying to launch med. And like, nobody really cared. It was just like a little boat show on Bravo. Everyone, you know, people love Housewives. They still love Housewives. But we were just like the boat show on Bravo. It was like, you know, people were watching, right. but it was like, it was the boat show. And um, and they were like, did we make a mistake buying med? You know, because it hadn't aired yet. It's like, they just didn't even know how it would do. And we were still trying to figure it out. And uh, this comedian friend of mine, you know, goes, you know, I, I, I know, a, I know a captain, uh, a female captain. I'm like, oh, oh, really? I go, is she a super yacht captain? She goes, yeah. And I go, okay. And I go, can she drive a super yacht in the med? She goes, yeah. And I go, okay. Like, I'm like, and, and listen to, to her credit, like I was the one being like, you know, like I'm kind of like the the a hole being like, yeah, right. You you have a female captain that could drive a super yacht in the med, like, uh, sure. And so she puts us on a text chain, and I like didn't even 
think twice about it. I, I kind of thought that my friend was kind of full of, uh, full of shit. And I, and then like two days later, I go home and then I Google Captain Sandy and I'm like, oh my God, this woman has an award for being chased by pirates because of the Red Sea. Like she's the real deal. This is insane. So right away I texted the network. I'm like, you guys have to see this woman. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, like imagine the press release of like, you know, like first female captain. And this is right when, um, Hillary was about to, she was running for president. It was like before, you know, Trump, all this stuff. I'm like, this is a huge, like female, like empowerment. This is like a big, big deal, like of having a female captain and, you know, no disservice to our first season captain, but like, there was something about Sandy that I thought was so special, just reading about her and all these things that she had done. And so anyway, so long story short, like talking to her and, and, you know, getting on the show, it was just, she, she became the face of the series and all through a comic friend that randomly knew her, like, through a friend of a friend. And like, I was like, okay, Monique, you know a female captain that could drive a super yacht in the med. Sure. Right. <laughs> the, the timing was perfect. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it's so funny though, you bring up women captains. We used to charter, when I say we, my family used to charter, bought a super yacht every summer or every uh, Christmas called the Big Eagle. And for years, you become family yeah. when you keep going on with, the, we had Captain Ed and Christiana <laughs> was Ed. the first mate. And now I looked it up. The boat is now captained by Captain Christiana. So I feel like oh I, was, I got to witness like someone growing. That's amazing. Don't Isn't it amazing? Seeing the growth of like. Because well, it and really, it was so hard being a woman. Yeah. It's oh my really God. an old, it's really a boys club. It really, really is. And hearing what Sandy had to go through and like seeing, I even see it online of like how they are on like Twitter of like, I always feel like, if Sandy does something and if like another captain or somebody else does something, she's, you know, faced twice as hard with criticism than a male would be. Cause I feel like if a male and that's no disservice to Sandy, I just feel like that's, even though we're all about supporting women and things like that, I just feel like sometimes, you know, we're still in a sexist country and this is where we're at sometimes. It's not always, not everybody. I just, I see it. I think that it's, it's a hard, we're, it, it's hard. Their criticism yeah, it's, is hard. It's, it's a real, when you're it's a real cast- thing. When you're casting the yachties, what types of personalities do you look for? Because usually when you're casting a reality show, there's kind of the buckets, kind of this, like, right. we need this. We need someone who's spoiled. We need the good-looking player guy. We need the girl who's going to cry. We need the guy who's going to be lovelorn the whole time. You know, you well, you do you don't mean to have those buckets, but you do because you're producing a television show and you need to create tension and drama. So how, what buckets do you look for? How do you, how do you cast the show? You know, it, it's funny. It's like, I think for, for us, it's like, you know, first of all, we have to look at their CVs. That's actually the first thing that we look at is can they, and a lot of times, I mean, that's the, you know, we've seen on the show that people lie on their CVs because we check the references and we've seen on the show where it's like, they lie on their CVs and sometimes they're like, oh, you guys cast this. It's like, no, we didn't. We actually check the references and people lie on their CVs and this happens all the time. So we lean into what's real. And then we, you know, go into, you know, uh, you know, all about its personality. Everything is, you know, I personally love humor because I have a comedy background. So are they funny? Like, no matter what, are they funny? Um, you know, are they, you know, uh, it, it, are there layers, uh, are, are, are they interesting? Like, I don't like somebody that's just wants to be there to be on TV. What I like about below deck is they're not there to be 
reality stars. They're not there to be, I mean, some people you'll see that happening, but uh, I think especially um, on the Met or, you know, the Caribbean, a lot of these kids are, you'll see if like some, uh, we have a lot of kids from Europe, the UK, South Africa, Australia, all over the world. They've never even seen, now Below Deck is so popular, but like in the early days, they'd never even seen Below Deck. So they're just yachties and they're just kind of like one of those YOLO experiences. They're like, we're just going to do this. And so what I love is they're not there to like be, <laughs> be something. And so they're unfiltered. And so you will definitely see the, you know, the, the, the heartthrob, the, uh, you know, the, the person that's very buttoned up and put together, the the person, it's like you you really do see archetypes of human being. And that's what I love about the series is that you kind of get into every archetype of the the you know the the court jester, the you know, the, the classic archetypes of of people in that sense. And when you watch it all unfold, because we really are hands-off on the series, you watch everything unfold. We sit in a room and and we're flies on the wall. And so, you know, our job is just tracking everything and listening and almost being two steps ahead of, oh God, like thinking, okay, well, uh, now knowing them psychologically thinking, you know, is is this person who is the heart trob and the tragic romantic or whatever that is, like, they're probably going to, you know, are they going to react or right. yeah, conflict or whatever that is. And so, I think, you know, that's, that's what's so uh, interesting to watch. I feel like in 20 years, a lot of people always, you know, you're so versed in unscripted and, and reality and things like that. But a lot of people that are unscripted, it's like, oh, it's reality. It's like, no, in 20 years, I feel like every psych student, every sociology student needs to come and watch this because it is the biggest study of human behavior yeah. that you could ever see. And so interesting because you're like, oh my God. And like, what's, it, what's real is so much more interesting than what is, you know, that you could ever write. How, how long does it take to film an episode? Like I know with Apprentice, it was two days per episode. Right. So how long does it take to film one episode? And then I have another technical question. So how long does it yeah. usually take to film one full episode? It takes, so we shoot 24 hours a day <clears throat> for about six weeks. Um, and I would say, so every charter, it some charters take usually two days. And now in the pandemic, we had longer charters, um, but usually to, sorry, a charter is usually two episodes, sometimes goes into three episodes. And so we have about nine charters per uh, season. And so sometimes like in the early days of Below Deck, we would have 13 episodes. Now, what we learned is all the stuff was happening and we couldn't hear what was happening. And the more I was catching things, the more producers were catching things like season two of Below Deck Med, we caught uh, our bosun and um, our lead deckhand making out in the bridge just because I had a hunch that they're going to be making out. And I'm like, stick a GoPro up there. I don't trust them. This is when I was leaving the boat. So our overnight guy goes, I, I think you're wrong, Nadine. I'm like, nope. I go, I know them. She's lying. Put a GoPro up there. Put a mic up there. They're going to be, they're going to be uh, making out. I go, I guarantee you, I'll put my life savings on it. They're going to be making out tonight. And we didn't have a camera in the bridge. This is where uh, the, all the controls are where they, uh, in the wheelhouse. And so they're like, okay. And they're like all complaining that they have to do this extra work, put a, to put a GoPro up there. And, um, and lo and behold, they got caught <laughs> making out 
And I was like, and I remember the overnight guy called me. He's like, you were right. Oh my God, they were making out. He's freaking out. And so those are little things that we caught, which changes the show's trajectory forever. So we learned, put a, put a surveillance camera in the bridge. Let's wire the whole boat. So now the boat is completely all audio is always recorded. And so the more we have recorded audio, the more episodes we've gotten because all the stuff was actually happening and we didn't even know, like that was the craziest part. And so we went from 13 episodes to 20 episodes last season and we have the same amount of charters. So you go from like you're saying, how many days does it take? It's usually three days per episode, like you're saying, but sometimes we can stretch that out to four days an episode or, or something like that, depending on what's happening because we are shooting 24 hours a day and because it, you, because everything is recorded all the time it's like you never know like a, a turnover day which is a day in between charters could, like so much could be happening and you're just like wow that's you can have a whole half an episode of no guests nothing happening and and people just you know like just it just fall out from the night before how many how many cameras do you think you have on the boat? And do you have a floating crew or is it all GoPro? Or do you have two crews on the boat? No, so we have uh, we have uh, 16 surveillance cameras and um, we have three to four roaming cameras at any given time. And then on top of that, we have GoPros that I stick anywhere. I mean, the big joke is like, if I could be walking around with a GoPro on my head or put a GoPro on these kids' heads, I'd like do it. Wow. <laughs> so now are you I on the boat? Though, are you on the boat the whole day, or are you guys watching? I from am. A fo- or are you watching from a no, follow no, boat? boat? No, no, no. So we're on. We take over one of the staterooms on the boat, and we've got the the video the village. Boat. Yeah, video village is all in there. All the screens are there, and so. On top of all those cameras, we've got GoPros on jet skis. We've got GoPros, extra GoPros on the galley. We've got GoPros. I mean, literally everything. The only place that GoPros aren't are in the guest room. So they have privacy um, unless obviously, you know, we have permission to shoot with them and things like that because they have to have some privacy. Um, but otherwise, like that whole, like if, if we could put a camera on it, we do it because I want it. I want everything shot. And I want in just because we don't come out of the video village, I want it all recorded. You know, I want everything documented. Right. Were you were you recording during COVID? Yes. So this last the season that's airing right now on Med that's on Mondays uh, on Peacock and on Bravo was shot during the pandemic. Which it's funny now because things are opened up. But like during the uh, one we flew over there, it was really like super sketch because it was like nobody was flying. We had to get special permission to flying to Croatia with the government and had to have all these papers. And we were in a bubble. We took over a whole hotel. We were getting COVID tested every three days. And it was really, uh, it was, it was really scary. And what was crazy, what made the show different was, you know, there were no nights out. What makes a show really interesting is like when we were in France, when we were in Italy, it's like, you go to these major clubs and it's so loud and you can't hear anything. People are making out, people are throwing gear on each other. And then here you are. And it's like the whole show just kind of slows down. And they're like, well, we're going to party on the boat, which made it kind of interesting because it really does create a pressure cooker. But what's interesting about this season is I feel like there's a lot of camaraderie and I feel like people did come together and I feel like people want to laugh. And I feel like the crew this season is very, they're, they're so likable and sweet and there's a lot of togetherness. And I feel like right now it's like people want to laugh, you know, and that's, that's the one thing I found is this crew this season is really like 
funny and and uh, you know we're leaning into that and there there's a lot of heartfelt stories coming up this season. Right. So I'm assuming that the crew is also expected to do their real jobs. Oh, they have to do their job. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. but you I mean having these these yachts charter for yes. hundreds of thousands of dollars a yeah. week. Yeah. I I'm assuming that people get a discount cuz they're willing to be filmed. They get they they pay they basically get a prorated they're 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 paying for the days that they're there. So I mean it's you can it can be called a discount because they're not paying a full week, but if you actually divide up the days that they're there, they're actually paying pretty much almost the full amount. Right, but, um, they, but it is prorated. It's a so, prorated date. But yeah. if you're paying all that money, yeah. I'm just saying as someone who she might take- be, you know what, Nadine, she might be asking for a reason, so careful. No, I'm yeah. just, I just <laughs> okay, so. I'm on the show. No, Mark yes. already asked me. Mark already asked me. I can't do it. I can't do any of that stuff because I look at it from the point of view of a producer. Yeah, I know. So I can't, I can't do those anymore. So um, if I'm paying, though, to be on this yacht, I don't want to be waiting so long for my food because you guys are trying to capture something. How do you, not, how do you work no, no, that? No. We, here's a, that? Here's what's interesting is we actually, the cameras go, no matter what, we don't stop down. So like, if we don't capture it, we don't capture it. Okay. That's like, that's it. So that's why we have the surveillance cameras and that's why we've got all that stuff. So if you don't ever see it on a big camera, that's because we just missed it. And we couldn't catch up to it. Right. So Doesn't mean ever, it's not happening. That's right. So, and what I've actually found, and this is something that I you know, because, you know, there is somebody that I'm like talking to next to where I'm like, hey, send the camera here, send the camera here, send the camera here, is that I found what's what feels more organic to me is what's always on surveillance. Because if people feel like there's a big camera in their face and, you know, they shut down, they shut down. And so if you if somebody is in a having a heartfelt conversation, if they're crying, if something's happening, it's and a lot of times it's like if you send a big camera in there, they're going to they're they're going to stop and it's not going to be organic. So it's you want everything to be as organic and, and you know, real as possible. I don't want anybody to ever put not that they would, because it's like they're so busy, they're so exhausted and they're doing their job that they forget about the cameras. But when you see a camera in your face, you're you always automatically and listen, I've been on the other side of the camera. You feel like you're being judged. That camera's always judging you no matter what, you know, and it, for it, psychologically, I don't care what anybody says, you're being judged. And so when you have a surveillance camera, it's like you're never it, it's it's you couldn't be more raw. And so a lot of times it's like I'm not going to send a camera there. I'm going to have it be, you know, just surveillance. And to me, that's you're going to get the best material there and use also, that best material. You brought up the word exhausted. Best rally TV is when people are exhausted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the more tired someone is, the better it is. Oh, yeah. Is there a best or worst experience that you can share that you're like, oh, my God, this one goes in my journal. I'll never forget this one. With, uh, with, uh, charters with, with, uh, in your, with, yes, what? yes. The be- below deck experience. Oh my God. There are so many, there are so many, uh, that's a really good question. That is a really good question. I would say, you know, I would say, you know, there are a lot, I know that, you know, season, um, uh, I know regular below deck had a tough one when, um, Ashton, uh, found that the cameraman had to go and and save him. I was not there. I know that was a really tough one for them when you have to break the fourth wall. 
you know, I think for me, who had to be where, saved? Wait, I missed that. I missed that. One episode. of a, one of the deckhands actually fell. I, I wasn't there. Um, I, uh, but I know that that was one of the deckhands had, had fallen, and he, one of our camera uh, people, had to put a, his camera down and go and save him because he could have actually died and been towed while the boat was moving. And so I wasn't there, so I can't actually speak to that. Those are the moments that are really tough for me. Uh, season five, uh, when our chief stew got, you know, caught. Um, with, um, you know, uh, I would say Valium and, and, and things on the boat, that was really tough because, you know, you're watching something that was unfolding that was, you know, to the outside world, something like, uh, you know, an anti-anxiety medication or, you know, THC that's legal in California is very benign, right? And, but to maritime law, if something's so caught like that, mm-hmm. not so much. And so it became very controversial. And Watching something like that happen, our chief stew of five seasons get let go uh, from the boat, which has nothing to do with the series. And and right now, you know, fans are still in an uproar about it, being like, "How could you let this person go?" It's like that's what makes the show so real and interesting. Is like that has nothing to do with production. That has nothing to do with anything. That's maritime law, and that's what's real. And that's right. a really tough thing because I'm great friends with Hannah. Our our old she was great. Too. Like she was great. She's great. She's a great friend of mine. We we talk all the time, and I'm great friends with Sandy. Like that was a really hard thing for me to watch because I have a lot of empathy, and I'm a very empathetic person, and I have a bleeding heart. So when I watch things like that happen, and seeing somebody hurt like that, like I want to go out there and hug that person or stop that person, or if I see somebody crying like if somebody has a breakup it's like i there's nothing more if somebody's fighting it's like there's nothing more that i want to do than be like no you guys please stop it's like i can't do that it's like you really have to let them solve their own problems and figure it out you know i i'm not there you know i i can't be their mother i can't be the release valve i i'm just there to document and it's a hard place to be in but those are some of the moments right. what is the line as a producer that you won't cross that I won't cross. I won't, I, no violence, no, like never violence, uh, racism, uh, you know, any of those, and uh, you know, racism, violence, uh, sexism, um, uh, any of those things. Like there's times where I've been prepared. Like if there's somebody that I feel like if somebody's too drunk and they're in danger, I've, you know, been prepared where I've gone out and I'm like, Hey, get out of the jacuzzi. This is not okay. Um, something happens this season where I, which, you know, which uh, I we don't show it in the edit, but I've had to, you know, go out and stop situations. Um, and so there's a lot of times like that where I will not tolerate that. And um, and it's not OK. And, you know, that's the, it, it, it's unacceptable. And I won't you know, I, I'm a very like those are the times where I will step in and go, this isn't OK. Or you've got to let people go in those situations, you know, because yeah, and- you're, you're in a it's a, it becomes the sa- a safety issue. Yes. which then can become an emergency issue. That's You're right. in the middle of the ocean somewhere. So you really have to be almost hypervigilant yeah. about what's going on at all times. That's right. That's right. It's so, and that's the thing that people don't realize. It's like, you're in the middle of the You're ocean. in the middle of it's nowhere. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been, like Melissa said that she's done, you know, charters and stuff. And I've actually done cruises. And it's scary to be in the middle of nowhere and something happens. Yeah. You know, I remember one time we were on a boat and 
for whatever reason, in the middle of the night, they had dropped the anchor and we felt it. And we're like, what if the boat was torn apart in the middle of the ocean? And we were, you know, just all kinds of stuff that's happening. So you've really got to be on top of things. I mean, how do you manage all of that? I mean, that's the thing. It's always safety first. You're at the like mercy of mother nature of, right. of, of, of if a fire goes off, if an alarm goes off, like as soon as I, I alarms go off all the time on the boat. And I literally, Oof. the first time I, the first thing I do, I actually get it. That's when I leave video village. I go to the uh. bridge, I see what alarms going off. And then I actually Oof. have to track, is anybody up? Is I get, you know, and I've actually had to physically, if, if it's in the middle of the night, if it's 3 a.m. and nobody's wake, like has woken up from the alarm, usually uh-huh. the captain's up. But mm-hmm. if nobody's awake, I will actually go and wake up the captain or wake up the engineer and be like, hey, I don't think anything's going on, but I hear an alarm. Can somebody check something out to make sure that we're not going to die? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you just truly don't, you don't know. And I'm watching it be like, are we going to die? Are we going to die? What's going on? Okay. Who has been your favorite guest? Uh, and who has been your worst? I know you keep having the one guy back who's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is a fan talking now, so. Well, no, but also I'm a producer. I'm like, right, of course they're right. bringing him back. He's a giant pain in the ass and causes yeah. drama. Who has been your favorite? Do you have a favorite guest and a least favorite guest? And have you had to throw oh guests God. off the boat? Oh my God. That I mean, listen, I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, she put you on the spot big time. You put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. It's my okay. job. Listen, there's a there's a difference. Okay, there's a there's a difference between favorites. To me, sometimes I do always watch the show, and I'm not going to say as a viewer, as a viewer, and not as a producer. I watch and I go. Sometimes when guests come on, I'm like, wow, like how are they acting like this? They do know that they're on TV, right? Like I literally am shocked. And what gets me upset is they go to the press, like their local press, I don't know, wherever they're from. And they'll go, I was edited so poorly. And I'm like, no, you weren't. That's how you acted. That's how you acted. By the way, we cut you down. You were actually worse. You were actually (laughs) worse. (laughs) Oh my god! I, I had a, I had a, a guess. I forget what season it was from. I think it was season two or three that actually wrote a letter and copied me and all the producers and wrote a letter to the head of the network, uh, a, a very poorly worded letter, uh, a, a grammatically incorrect, misspelled, didn't didn't spell check it, and and you know cl- claimed how religious he was and how he'd never have a threesome and all these things and and I was like. I watched you have all these things. These you guys were You're like, we have the tape. We right. have the tape. Let's go. Let's go to the tape, Bob. Right. Well, you know, a lot of times people are like, "Are you going to be believe me or your lying eyes? Which one?" People don't want to hear the truth, and <laughs> no. that's the biggest thing. It's like when you watch somebody. It's like people don't like to watch themselves or see the truth, and. I think the biggest lesson and the one thing that I do like hearing, and this is not guests, but this is just actually people that are on the the series itself is what I like is when people watch growth. So like we've had some people that have come back, uh, like returners on the series that have had a great turnaround that have been like, wow, I watched myself. I didn't like myself. And I've learned a lot about watching myself. And I actually... I didn't realize that I could be that way as a person. And I've made a lot of changes in my life. And I'm like, that's a self-aware, amazing person. And they've actually changed their life for the good. And that, like, I love seeing that growth out of people. Like, and and there's people that are just being like, yeah, I didn't do that. I don't act like that. And, you know, as a producer, because, you know, we interview these people, I interview them and I will never hide 
what's going to be shown on the show. I'm always honest and they always have an opportunity because I will always show both sides and be like, hey, this happened. Let's talk about it. Let's be honest. Like, let's be self-aware. And if they still don't want to tell the truth, that's on them. And if they want to be, and I'm like, you know, here's what happened. They're like, that didn't happen. I go, okay, then that's, that's literally that, then that's their responsibility at that point. Like if they have no accountability, then that's completely on them. And I always been like, being self-aware is only going to help you. Being honest is honesty will only help you. And the audience will love you so much more if you're just honest, because people want to go on a journey with you. People want to see you fall, get up and like go on a, you know, journey with you because we're human. But like, it's like, it's so, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Don't you ever just want to say to people, seriously, we have the, we we have have it on tape. Go to the tape, Bob. Right. Go Go to the the tape, tape. Bob. Let's, let's look at, let's go to the tape. Let me get out. Let me get out the, wait, let me get out the telestrator. Here is where, have you had to throw any guests off? Like um, mid mid show mid taping, where you're like, you know, the crew they're being abusive or whatever, where you're just like, we're, we're pulling the plug. Enough. Mm-hmm. No, I on not on med, not on med. I know that they they uh, did on on regular, but not on med. But you know, we've been we've been like to the point where we're like, oh god, thank god they're off because they've been a lot. But sometimes those sometimes make the best TV. I was just getting ready to say. <laughs> of course they do. They I mean, make the that's always TV. By the way, and that's always, you know, the Sophie's choice of being a producer. <laughs> right, right. Um, but but listen, sometimes you were kind of like, yeah, I wish you were nicer. Kind of, You guys kind of sucked as people. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Great what, TV. What about, what's the craziest thing you've been through with a cast member? With, you know, have oh you had God. to bail? I mean, I know you've bailed people out of jail. Um. I've, I've been through, oh my God, I've, I've been through hospitals with them. I've had to talk them out of quitting a show many, many times. Yeah, but that's, uh, but if you're a producer in reality, show. that's like a daily thing. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've quit reality shows and still yeah, show up for work the that's next true. day? That's true. You just show up the next day. That's true. Well, because you're exhausted. Craziest. Yeah, you're exhausted. That's it. And that's like the end of the world and you want to just die and this is, this is it and, and everything sucks in life. And yes, your life is so horrible and this is it. Yeah. So when <laughs> you but what's, wait, she didn't answer. She didn't answer. What's been the worst? I try to think of what the worst thing is that I've been through with a cast member. I don't, I'm trying to think of like what the worst thing is. I mean, we've had so many hospital uh, things that we've been through. Um, Bailing people out of jail, having someone thrown out of a country. My mother was not welcome back in Costa Rica. So you can't get much worse than that. (laughs) uh, On the low deck or in general on any series? On any series. Any series. That you've worked on. Because you've worked on a lot. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I think I have more ho- horror stories from my stand-up days than, uh, well, than, we're going to, yeah, we're yeah. going to talk yeah. about that. You, yeah, can, yeah. you call but, yourself America's first professional female Iranian stand-up comic. That, yes. Back in the day. <laughs> what so was that? You, so, we're, wait, so you're saying you still don't do comic just, you know, comedy just for like a relief. Like I'm going to go do stand-up yeah. today. I got to walk away from you guys. Who does yes, stand-up for time. relief? Yeah, of course. <laughs> because it's like you, well, you want to laugh. Laughing, you know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry sometimes. That's true. Sometimes so. you have to, you have to laugh because otherwise you will cry. It's like what when, when I got back into the country, uh, I got back to my car 
getting my, my check engine light came on and I, there was steam coming out of my car and I took it to the dealership. They're like, you had an engine fire. I go, I had an engine fire. And I, the guy goes, are you sitting down? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you had an engine fire. I go, I was driving and my car was on fire. I'm like, how did I not know this? He's like, well, I go, I go, my car just said, cause you know, everything's electronic and I opened the hood and everything seemed fine. And it said, uh, you know, it was check engine, but keep driving. I go, I'm glad that my car could tell me keep driving while it was on fire. And I'm like, and I just started laughing. He goes, why are you laughing? I go, because otherwise I'll cry. It's like, what do you do? My car was on fire. <laughs> right. How did you start doing stand-up? I actually, uh, interesting story. When I was eight years old, um, I would always watch Carson as a kid. And my family, there they came over here from Iran. And I would always watch Carson. And your mother, when she would fill in for Carson, I would always watch her. And I remember I told my mom, mom, this is what I want to do when I grow up. And she goes, okay, after you're a doctor or a lawyer, you could do this. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay mom, it's going to be a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, all parents say the same thing. Everyone asked me, did your parents want you to go into the business? I'm like, no, they always said, we will be supportive yet not encouraging. Right, right. So I had to be a doctor or a lawyer, and then I could go do comedy. So, well, of course, because you need a back. So do, you, do they still think you need a backup career? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone to take your family on the boat? Um, no, I actually haven't. Um, my mom always meets me afterward, and we go on a shopping trip. But I really want to take my mom on the boat. That's just um, as fun. That's shopping. Be my next thing. Yeah, exactly. My mom is all about the shopping afterward. <laughs> Would you want to actually vacation on a super yacht? You know, it's really funny. I, it, the one thing I actually never want to do after I get on a boat is get back on a boat. But now it's like, I actually would love to with my family because I actually want them to experience that. But I also know like- You know too much. Happens? I know too much. I know how clean they are. I know how they clean them. I know, like, I know too much. <laughs> I'm that way. Like, I can't go to like, I mean, I do, but it's like, I have a really hard time going to like plays or concerts because- I'm so, I grew up backstage. Right. So, so I can't know. help but watch and say, oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. Someone missed a cue. Okay, let's go this. And, you know, I can find my way around any underground backstage stadium, totally. whatever. Totally. You know? I know way too much, but I actually would love to like do it just for like a week with my friends, but like on the right boat. It just can't be one of like the blow type boats. <laughs> <laughs> So much fun. Sorry, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying that. Nah, <laughs> nah. What's the most? I mean, I know I used to always have my like hit list of boats. Like you always are cruising around. You're like, oh, I want to see that boat. Totally, totally. Do people recognize <laughs> when you're when you're in in production and you're going to all these different ports and all? Do people recognize the boat now? You know, what's really funny is that they actually do. And what's got the, the more popular in the beginning days, they never like they didn't know what the show was, and now. We can't go anywhere where it's like, it's because of all the super fans, like within seconds, there's like pictures on one of like the fan blogs or whatever that is. And I'm like, oh my God, we can't go anywhere without pictures of the boat because they'll see deckhands with the camera. And I'm like, oh my God, it's already leaked. Our cast is leaked. Like this is crazy into any marina. We could be in the most private marina. We were in Palma last year. Like we were in this Philippe Stark marina that was so small and it was so private and like we were leaked already and it was from a boat that was three over and they were on a mast at, like they took a picture from like their bat like their uh, mast cam that was like their surveillance cam and i'm like this is insane and i went over there because like i'm so insane where instead of sending like 
a, a PA or somebody like that over there to go to say something or a security guard, I will personally go over there and be like, Hey, like, I don't know why I need to go do it. I do like, the same thing. I, oh my God. I, it's like, I, it's like this release that I need to be like, you, it's like, yeah, I you so, don't fuck with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get so fucking pissed. I get so pissed. And I was like, you let it go. And then, and they're like, they're going to like, your name's going to be out there. Like, you're the asshole. I'm like, but I'm so nice. They're like, yeah, but when you're going out there and cussing them out, you're the asshole. I'm like, but they can't do that. They're like, let us handle. I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing it. They're like, yeah, step back. <laughs> it always feels good. Yeah. Nadine, when can we start watching the new seasons? So, multiple. so Below, Deck, Below Deck Med is on right now. Uh, it's on every Monday on Bravo at, at nine o'clock. And you can actually get sneak peek so it, they are airing episodes in advance on peacock so uh so you can air the episode in advance the week before on peacock every monday as well they're releasing it um so we at last night episode three aired on bravo and episode four aired on peacock currently on blow deck med this has been such an honor and oh. i'm such a huge fan oh. and we, we are, are too and i am such a blow deck super fan it's like really kind of i you binge know. it all the time because i go back oh in god. case i miss something i love it oh my god so we should do an end of the season uh, uh podcast so we could talk about the, uh, oh, by the, the way 100 100 you are amazing that. thank you so much for yeah. joining us thank you're you. love. Yeah.